Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening and welcome to Tuesday Topics. I am Paul Edwards. So far, my co-host, Mr. Brian, is not with us, but we do expect him a little later, I think. Um, however, uh, the rest of the crew is here. Um, the the jack of all trades and the uh, the and the and the and the famous uh, the famous producer of two days topics is here. Hey, Mr. Rick. Hey, Paul. How you doing? Good to I be am here. Well, thank you. And Brian has arrived. Hey, Brian. Yeah, there I am. Late, but never. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. And our, our hand raiser extraordinaire, Miss Marianne, is here. Hey, Marianne. Hello, Paul. It's good to be here. It is. And, of course, our streamer, da-da, Mr. Larry Gassman, is here. How are you, sir? I am good. How are you? I am well, thank you. So, tonight, we're going to do what we didn't do last week, uh, or at least that's the theory. Or the we're week before. To, or, or, or the, the week, week before. before. Because <laughs> yeah, but we've been, we've, been, we've been carrying this one for the last couple of shows and didn't get to it for a variety of reasons, but we are essentially going to talk a little bit about college and, and it's sort of a progression, you know, September is, is really the time that most of us start college, but it's also uh, the, 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 the time when we spent some time talking about school and high school. So we thought that it might be interested to, to talk about college whether that was a high point in people's life, whether it wasn't, whether it was, uh, uh, wh whether it was a nice experience, whether it was a scary experience, how was the whole college environment? Did did people live in dorms? How did uh, how how did people adjust to the college environment? What about <clears throat> hazing and that sort of thing? How did that go? Did 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 folks participate in that or did you kind of remain aloof from that sort of stuff as a blind person did you have special privileges in college i know i know i had um i had one which i'll talk about um and you know i think there's a lot of difference depending on the college you went to depending on how you attended and particularly depending on when you attended um <clears throat> in your college experience. And I think it, it, it'll be fun to kind of explore some of that stuff. How did we do with professors? Um, what about, what about other administrators, uh, dorm supervisors? Um, did we, did we get jobs on campus or did we not? Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think there, there are loads of, of components that we can talk about with regard to college and, and the kind of college experience for people who are blind. So, um, Miss Marianne, did you did you spend some time at college? I spent some time at college. This um, topic gives me a squishy stomach. <laughs> um, <laughs> I started at Montclair State College in New Jersey. It's now a university, and um, I found the experience terrifying. Um, it was a huge college, huge. Um, huge campus um during the time at, 
um, that I attended, they were doing construction right in the heart of the campus. It was extremely loud, um, very, very difficult to navigate. I did not have a dog. Um, When I was growing up, my parents didn't let me get a guide dog, so I didn't have a dog. Um, I did well in my music classes. I had started studying music therapy, but I did abysmally in um, classes that I had to um, traverse across campus. Um, I I did my last semester at Uppsala College in East Orange. If I had started there, I probably would have finished. It's just a tiny little campus, um, a lot of nice, easy pathways and um, sidewalks and just a, you know, normal kind of easy to navigate campus. Um, so I did, and I attended in um, 80, 79, 80, 81. And um, I think I would um, have finished college if I'd started now, you know, and if I were attending college in these days with all of the awesome technology and with my <laughs> um, service animal and whatnot, I think um, I'd, I'd have finished. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and of course, there are so many online options now that that did don't even involve traveling that Absolutely. a lot of us can can get involved in now. Yep. Um, Mr. Larry, how about you? I loved college. I had a, I, I enjoyed it. I went to Cal Poly Pomona. To my knowledge, John and I were the first blind people to attend college. I, I think there were more after, but there were none who were there while we were there. Um, and we took classes, both of us, uh, in, in varying fields, and we were, in essence, mainstreamed in with sighted people, and I had a great time. I had some mobility teachers help me. We walked around, learned nice. where I needed to go, and if I got lost somewhere, I would ask, and somebody mm-hmm. would sometimes walk me there if it was close, and if not... You know, I would, you just, what you do is, you know, you just start heading out in the basic direction and sooner or later you'll pick up somebody and you'll say, Hey, right. I, I think I got lost. Is this still the right direction? So you, you, you make it work and it generally does work. I stayed in the dorms uh, while I was there, met some terrific people and, and had nothing but good things happen while I was there got into some trouble just because some people like to play jokes on people but that's another story Uh maybe for another tuesday topic maybe it'll slither in later on but Uh i had a great time and i had hired readers and had things read and recorded Uh things professors agreed to it had no issues with it uh and for for me college was fun it was enjoyable and a lot of work but fun Yep. I noticed you worked in the word Slytherin. I, I hope that's not your house. That is a vocabulary <laughs> word that I don't think I ever used there, but I figured it was appropriate later on in life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Brian, college for you? It was uh, my ticket out. Um, yeah. One of the things that I will readily admit is that prior to my blindness, I hung around with the wrong people. I got into trouble that I should have avoided. And I have no reason to doubt that that probably would have been my life track had I not been blinded. Once blinded, I had, I, I'm the only one in my family who've ever gone to college. Um, and that was a direct result of people around me thinking that was really my only 
viable vocational option, but it was also my expectation uh, and with financial support by the state in a variety of ways, I was able to do it. I went to a community college for my first two years, then a liberal arts college for two years to finish it off, a summer session at a state college to make up for the fact I took a light light semester. Uh, But I would say, generally speaking, it was a positive experience socially. It was an okay experience academically. I have to say I was a bit disappointed by the theoretical nature of my studies as opposed to practical get down and get dirty kind of process. So the community college, were you living at home? No. First thing I did when I graduated from high school was move out of the house because I needed to create, financially speaking, myself as um, independent in order to qualify for things. My parents were in that horrible middle zone of not poor enough to qualify for help as a result of finance, but not wealthy enough to, to provide help to me to pay for college. So I instantly emancipated myself uh, upon high school graduation. I lived off campus for the first two years because community college didn't have on-campus housing. Right. And then when I moved on to liberal arts college, joined a fraternity. Uh, so I'm a Phi Delta Theta, um, though I'm not sure that that's a cause for pride. But nonetheless, I did that and then lived off campus for my fourth and final year. Nice. And Mr. Rick, I, 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 we've heard a little bit about your college. I know, I know you would answer in the affirmative when we talk about working at college, because I know you worked at a college radio station for a lot of the time you were there. But was the college experience a good one for you? Yeah, all in all, it was a good one. Um, I wasn't sure I was going to go to college. I Prior to um, going to college, I was... Uh, working part-time um and i was essentially working 40 hours a week at mcdonald's i had convinced myself that i was gonna become a manager at mcdonald's and i found out that the commission for the blind had scholarships for people who were blind i had received absolutely no services from the commission Mm -hmm. up to that point and uh, started inquiring and ended up with a full scholarship um had my books paid for, had uh, had everything paid for, and went to Northeastern in Boston, which was a co-op school uh, as a business management major. And a co-op school alternated um, periods of work uh, with school. Um, I'm a low vision person. My low vision was, I, I played all kinds of games with my low vision. I I started using a cane about that time, but I... I could conceal my vision when I wanted to and, and uh, play games with my professors and that type of thing. <laughs> um, I've, I've got a bunch of stories. And in my junior year, I had a, a good co-op job that I was actually fired from. And that's what led to my ultimate career. <laughs> so that's a whole long story. But I, I was a manager of the campus radio station. I probably spent more times there more time there than I did anything else. Um, and it, it, yeah, it was a good experience. 
So my college experience, I guess, was different. Um, first, I'm older, I guess. Um, so I so I started college in '64, um, which is which is a long time, I think, before any of this group started college. But more than that, I I went to college in Jamaica at the <clears throat> University College of the West Indies, which was at that point. Uh, a branch of the University of London. And so it was very much the British system rather than the American system, which is very different. And um, it, it, it was um, very much uh, uh, a liberation for me. I had a, <clears throat> I had a very, very strange um, living situation my mother decided when I was um, 16 that I needed to be pulled out of school um, because it was very important for me to stay home and learn to play. Um, uh, and what play meant to her uh, was not what play meant to me. She generally had people at the house and, and she had these ongoing bridge tournaments that, that went on for weeks at a time. And when, whenever, whenever somebody would pass out at the bridge table, um, she would call me to fill in and play for that person. So it was a it was a very strange environment. My mom was um, my mom was very much a drunk. So um, so anyway, I I had to I had to figure out a way to to get away. And eventually, <clears throat> when I was seventeen. I, I ran away from home and ended up um, kind of uh, getting a, a ride to Kingston and going back to the place where I went to school, which was about 75 or 80 miles away. This is taking a long time. Um, and um, spent some time in, in A-levels, which, which is kind of post-high school work. And did okay in all of the A levels that I took. I took history and English and and um, general studies, I guess, <clears throat> and it was fine. But the other thing that that we had in the West Indies was a, a scholarship called the Open Scholarship, which which is very different from any of the scholarships in the U.S. Um, in that you had to take an exam and. So I took this open scholarship exam, not expecting anything. So I go in there and I type in a way. Um, and they happened to have, uh, you had to choose your subject. And I chose history. And they happened to have a question uh, about Sir Robert Walpole. And, and it's a guy who fascinated me. So I had done a lot of reading about Sir, <clears throat> Sir Robert Walpole. And the question that they asked was a really interesting one. So uh, the bottom line is I ended up, there were five open scholarships that were available for, for the Caribbean, that is for all of, the, all of the islands in the British West Indies, including Jamaica. And I managed to win one of those five. So all of my board and all of my uh, tuition um, was, was paid um, for, for the next three years. And it was it was like a liberation for me um, to go to college because I was leaving 
an environment where I think if I'd had <clears throat> if I'd had to stay at home, I, I'm not sure I would have survived because I came awfully close to, to saying it's just not worth it anymore. Um, so college was great for me. I, I loved college. Um, had lots of had lots of cool experiences. For the first two years, I didn't work nearly as hard as I should have. Um, so I had to work very hard for the next, for the third year in in the Caribbean degrees and and in the UK as well. Degrees are three years, and um, I ended up I ended up with a with a with a B plus average by the time it was over. But it was it was fun. Um, of course, I had to invent um, how I was gonna be able to do the topics that I was doing. Um, you know, I had a, a, a cassette recorder, which I would take to lectures and, and nobody objected to my using that. I had a typewriter and I had a braille writer, um, but certainly, I mean, no computers um, and none of the, uh, no support. I mean, essentially, the, the person who had to figure out how Paul was going to make it through university was Paul. I mean, there was, there was nobody else who was going to do it. Um, so it, it was, um, it was an interesting exercise. Um, but I had, I had lots of friends in, in, enjoyed the heck out of it, became the editor of our hall newspaper, uh, enjoyed the heck out of that. Um, often made horrible mistakes. I remember writing a, a major paper on my typewriter and feeling really good about it and, and uh, only discovered after I'd finished it that I had been working on the school newspaper um, before I'd started. So it was set to stencil. So <laughs> I ended up. Paul, you and I have another thing in common. I did a <laughs> 10 page paper in yeah. my senior year and passed yep. it in and it was in stencil. Yeah. Oh my. The only way I got a grade on it was uh doing a rubbing, you know, uh, uh yep. I don't think yep. I passed mine yeah, in, rubbing, but I did uh, yeah, I did it on stencil. Oh, I didn't too. know it was I didn't know it was somebody caught it, it was in. For me, I had to do it all no, over again. Yeah, so any, uh, anyway, it was a it it was a it 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 was um it was a great environment and um and and uh, you know I, the the British system of colleges and universities is so interesting um, as compared to to the U.S. because you had you had two kinds of things you had lectures which were which were in in general like lectures are in in the U.S. but then the other half of your time was spent with tutorials where a small group of people in, in your specialty area, what, what, whatever your history course that you were doing that semester was, or whatever your course you were doing that semester was, you had maybe five or six people who met with the professor for an hour, an hour and a half, and, and talked about a particular topic. And there were there were expectations, and that's where all of your homework got discussed. That's where all of the papers that you wrote um, were were taken apart, and um, and and often uh, and often didn't do well. <laughs> so, but it was a it, it was a very challenging way to go to university. And frankly, I think that the British system, um, in some respects, is easier for folks who are blind because. 
it put so much more emphasis on writing. We 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 didn't have any um, any any traditional kind of college-like tests <clears throat> in the Caribbean. It was all essays. So no true false, no um, no choose one of four, none of that stuff. It was it was all essays right from the beginning. Anyway, so that's us. I, and I bet we have some hands up from, for some other folks who would like to tell us. Or you can ask us questions, guys, if you want to about our experience, because it was all sort of interesting. So, Miss Marianne, who do we, we got? We do. We have Annie. Yep. Annie, you can unmute. Miss Penny. Yeah, that old... All day yeah. Okay, we'll go to um until she gets that unmute button working. Um Melody. Miss Melody. Hello. There you are. It worked Hi for there. me. Yeah. I had had I'll stop voiceover. I had had probably one of the worst experiences in college my neither one of my parents had gone my father has a ged my mother has a high school diploma and paul i as you know i understand about those unusually unsafe environments um i was the valedictorian of my class of 2004 i'm 38 and had earned three scholarships quickly in acb ohio state and ohio board of regency and in the fafsa federal I had run into a ton of accessibility issues. My father was the one who had to guide me. I had a little bit of O&M training. I had to borrow a braille and speak from the Ohio State School for the Blind where I graduated. I had gotten right. a flatbed scanner, a Flex Talk, Daisy Player, and a, um, a handy cassette and a brown note classic at the time from VR. I had a case open and I could not really use their assistance because I had to maintain a certain GPA, which I did for the quarter I'd gone. I went to community college and I was kind of expected to. I didn't want to. It was not something I wanted to do. I just did it to please, basically. Even though I had the skill and the knowledge, I just, it, I knew I, that there were additional things going on. I just didn't know what at the time. I ran into a ton of accessibility issues. I had to, I had, had four classes to start with that dropped two. Some of my books from RFB and D didn't come in. For my math course, I had to buy a math book, even though I had the audiobook on tape. I had to get a print math book for $30 in order to get a computer code to access the computers that had the screen readers and everything that I needed in JAWS. I would oh, have dear. had to give the book to another student. However, they wouldn't have been able to have a code through my books, so I couldn't have done that. So I was stuck doing chapter reviews while everyone else could access the computers. I had basically stopped caring for me in order to devote my time to my college assignments, which is basically what I did in high school and how I handle life. I don't let myself relax. So I quit taking medicine. I quit eating. I quit taking care of my cat. I was basically not sleeping and my father was the one who guided me. So on Fridays when my mother cared for my great aunt, I looked forward to that day when she was off work to take me, even though she was emotionally abusive, it was the less of two evils. My father was the drunk and he degraded me the whole time. I think he kind of wanted what I had in a way. 
And I had had six free sessions at the time with mental health counseling because I was a student and the counselor said, I think you're going to try to end it all. And he was right. I think the best thing about college for me was that I passed my career life planning with an A plus with flying colors because I've, I have the propensity and the skill. It was the prerequisites that got me. I alluded to one of my forum articles. I dropped out within mm -hmm. three months. I had majored in associative arts. I'd wanted to go into internal medicine, law enforcement, environmental science, first aid, creative writing, journalism, all of those. So I had to pick a major quickly. I had eight credit hours, needed nine, lost everything. Then entered the mental health system. Yep. So did did you find that community college was easier or or university? I don't know because I think maybe if I had had the chance to stay in a dorm, I would have yeah. been my ticket out, and I think I would have gained even more independence at the time. Now I've gained a ton of it. I had to go home every day, and that environment almost did not allow me to complete what I needed to. I would have right. liked to have gone to a university. However, it was huge, and my directional sense and O&M skills are not the best, and I can't walk very far, and it's worsened. So I would have liked yeah. that change. Yeah. Well, not a great experience, Miss Melody, but you persevered, and you got a lot accomplished. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you go. Excellent. Yep. Uh, Ms. Varian. Oh, Annie, can you unmute yet? Yep, you're hey, Can you hear me? Yes, we can. There you yes. are, Annie. Okay, I'm so sorry. I was kind of, I was sort of multitasking here. But I attended Northern Kentucky University. I was a vocal performance major, and the music program was wonderful. Um, I, I would say my college experience was very much of a mixed bag. Um, because that was the time where I was kind of learning how to read people and learning how to detect sincerity versus condescension and, and everything like that. I learned a lot about myself and just did a lot of um, figuring things out because, you know, high school, I kind of had everything taken care of for me. And, you know, college was a lot of self-advocacy and figuring out. And right. it was... Uh, the music program, like I said, was great, but I would say the disability services left a lot to be desired. Um, they did not have as much Braille as I would have liked. Well, the first disability services director that I worked with um, was one that I appreciated later on in life. It's like, like we don't know what you had until it was gone. She was much more of an advocate because, you know, she made sure that I had like my math books and Braille and music theory and things like that. I was I lived on campus and I would not trade that for the world. In fact, when right. I was in high school, my teachers tried to encourage me to go to community college. I was like, no way. I want to go to you know go to college and study voice and have that campus life experience. No way. I'm, I mean, I don't judge right. people who do community college and I know that people are very successful, but that's not what I don't think that's what I was called to do. So I did. I was in um, Sigma Alpha Iota, a music sorority. And then later on, I joined Delta Gamma. Um, so I'm fairly active in both. So it was nice to be um, because there was one at one time when I was doing all music all the time. And that get you know, too much of a good thing. You can get burned out. And so it was lovely to right. be a part of a social organization as well. So, I, you know, people there are people that treated me well and those that 
treated me not so well, but for the most part, I would say college experience was great. So Delta Gamma folks were were kind of noted for doing lots of volunteering. Did you do some of that while you were in college? Yes, I did. In fact, it was interesting. People um, often questioned, like when we would do activities at Clovernick Center or the Cincinnati Association for the Blind, people would be like, are you there for the activity or are you there to get service hours? <laughs> like, um, <laughs> Yes, to both. Yeah, um, nice. because these are my friends and, you know, I'm yep. getting the best of both worlds. That's excellent. Excellent. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Yep. I'm going to intercede here and say something good about community colleges. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> uh, I went to community college because that's all I could afford. Uh, and that is what, you know, when you talk about people graduating from college today, the biggest problem they have is they borrowed so damn much money to go to school that it will take the rest of their lives to pay it off. So I avoided that by going to community college. At least the first two years, I could afford to pay based on uh, how else I was funding my everyday existence. It was Tuition was not a big deal. Books were not a big deal. I could handle that out of pocket. And so I think that's one of the advantages of community college. I'd also say that the classes I took in community college tended to be more down to earth and less theoretical. So right. it was a way for me to learn to learn uh, how to pace myself so that just because one professor said things were going to be due on the first day of each month and another one said the same thing, I still had to figure out how I was going to get them both done in that time frame. So I got to learn to learn outside of a high school situation where, like others have said, I was more heavily supported and needed to do dramatically less self-advocacy at the high school level. There, I'm done with my tirade about the joy of community colleges. I think everybody should have a chance to go to college. And the only way this country can afford that is through the community college model. So Brian, would you say that that you as a blind person uh, actually found it easier to support yourself going to college than say a person who could see would have? Yes, for the first couple of years, that certainly was true. But yeah. in a typical fashion, uh, the college I chose to go to after community college was a private uh, liberal arts college right. that was anything but cheap. And exactly. all of my debt came in from the last two years. Uh, and it took me eight years after college before that was all paid off. Um, but, but nonetheless, I made a conscious decision from the get-go that I was going to go to community college and get as much credits out of that as I could prior to going on to university, keeping in mind that at the end of the game, somebody's got to pay the fiddler. And that somebody was going to be me to some extent. The state agency would pay for my tuition at the level of attending a state college, dramatically right. less expensive than a private college. Right. Um, 
but I, I didn't want to go to a state college specifically. I wanted to go to this college because my degree was going to be in political science. The campus was across the street from the state legislature, the, the state house. Um, so I could participate in real politics during the course of my education. Didn't turn out that way because even though they were across the street from the state house, not one of my classes ever had us cross the street. So that was a bit of a disappointment. But don't doubt for a moment that part of all of that was I had to work. When I wasn't in school, I was working to make money so I could go to school. And right. I did everything from canning green beans to uh, building dialysis machines to um, basically sorting and delivering mail, whatever it took to raise money between tuition bills to pull it off. Yep. Now, there are a lot of blind people uh, who, who say that, that, they, that they didn't work in college because it was so much harder for them to get their work done in the college environment. Um, but you were able to get your work done and work as well. Yeah. Well, and some of the work was was just like any other college student would do. Right. Sure. Uh, I washed dishes in one of the college cafeterias mm -hmm. um, after each and every meal. So my time was not so much my own. And I do believe, at least by comparison to those around me at the time, that it took me more time to get through the same material. It certainly took a lot more coordination. It wasn't something right. one would do casually. You really had to plan to make it happen. In fact, the whole reason I joined a fraternity was a belief that my fraternity brothers would be a group that I could count on to act as my readers during those years. Uh, and, and even though I had a budget to pay. Right. Those uh, reader services dollars came from state rehab? Yes. Yep. Nice. In insufficient nice. to pay of for all the hours that I used, but right. nonetheless, a, a, a serious help in that regard. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you, those fraternity brothers were the worst readers I ever had. <laughs> because instead <laughs> of the relationship being one that would make them feel obligated, it was one that said, well, you're just a frat bro. So yeah, exactly. uh, my, my readers were much better when I got them from the ranks of the sororities, not the fraternity. Mm -hmm. Da, 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 da. Yep. Got it. Um, that was one of the advantages I had in college. I was allowed to have girls in my room because they were reading for me. Thought that was pretty cool. That's true. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> Not me. Uh, you dogs. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 It was. It was a tough life, but I managed to survive it. And some of those readers are still some of my best friends. They're all married yep. as well. And we get together every few years and we do barbecues during the summer because a lot of them still live here. So I've kept a lot of those friends. Some of them I'll see this weekend. I'm celebrating a 50th high school reunion and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed even Melinda's reunion. I had more fun at that reunion than she did. <laughs> and she, she, told, did. she told me that. Yeah. I have no oh, doubt. Cool. I, oh, I had a great yep. time. I had a terrific yep. time. Miss Marianne, who we got? We have Pam Coffee. Pam, hey, Miss Pam. Mute. 
Okay. Oh, what a wonderful topic. I loved college. Um, I attended a very small liberal arts private women's college just outside of Atlanta. And because it was a small school, we all felt like family. I mean, there were a few people, a few students that I didn't know all that well, but we all felt like, in a, in a real sense, we felt like sisters. Um, I was able to get my math books in Braille, thank goodness. And in most cases, I was able to, I took French, I was not a French major, but I took French and I was able to get most of that literature in Braille. I did use uh, recordings for the blind, uh, what they called it back then. It's now called Learning Ally. Um, and Or Learning I, Alley, as your computer usually says. Yes, yes, it, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, as this, all the screen readers say. Um, and there might be some truth to that, you know, it <laughs> uh, with a little be. difference in spelling. Um, it might be a Learning Alley. Um, but I did also use readers. Uh, some of my readers came from off campus, but uh, some of them were, were fellow students. And it was a win-win because one, when I was taking a French course and there was a literary work that we read that was not available in Braille at that time. And so I had a reader who, I was a freshman, she was a senior French major, and oh, she could speak French like a native. I mean, she was so nice. good. And so <laughs> she was my reader, and if I got thoroughly bumfuzzled, I could ask her, could you run through that? sentence again uh, huh. a little slower you know whatever and uh, nice she was just really good and I loved college I I lived on campus even though when I first started had I wanted to I could have commuted but that would have been a little rough on my parents because it was probably 15 miles or so from where I lived Right. Uh, maybe not that far, but it was it. You know, we would have been commuting during rush hour traffic, and mm -hmm. and then sometimes I had an activity at night, so it was just as well that I lived on campus. Um, and and I did, loved did it. You, I would not go ahead. Did you ever find yourself where uh, when you were taking the same class as a reader? Uh, or you didn't know the reader so well that uh, when deadlines came at the end of a semester, mm -hmm. that they were less available than you needed them because Actually, they were busy digging themselves out of the, yeah, out of yeah. the, the hole? Actually, my readers, for the most part, were not in my class. We were not in the same classes. Nice. But... But occasionally that 
could get to be a problem at the end of the quarter and everyone including me was frantically writing term papers and what have you and that was when I sometimes did have to um, hire someone from off campus and oh when you talked about the typing the term paper on stencil I didn't do that but I was later on I was taking some graduate level courses and that was I was living at home at that point. Uh -huh. That was here in, in the Birmingham area. And I was taking um, some graduate level courses. And I had this huge term paper to write. And I was just working, 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 working on it. Unbeknownst to me, it was probably 25 pages typewritten long. Own page two my ribbon gave out now these oh, young no. people don't know what a typewriter <laughs> ribbon is but mm -hmm. uh, uh, uh. Oh, those yeah. of us who have those of us with a few gray hairs know what a, a typewriter yes, ribbon is and and mine gave out on page two oh, my. <laughs> yeah same effect Not fun same effect yeah, same i may fun. have still had ink ink on the keys up yeah. through about page three. Oh wow <laughs> and that's as far <laughs> as it would go yeah well, so did you the progress in, was yeah go he ahead. was able to figure it out more or less from the little indentations, indentations it made, right it was very laborious i'm i would hate to have been the one that had to had to do that um no, so I, I keep meaning to ask everybody who who's talking about college, did you get note takers for your classes, Pam? Oh, no, I this was back in the early 70s. Uh, I took notes on with a slate. In nice. class now, when I was reading from my textbooks in back in the dorm, Oh my goodness, I used my Perkins Brailler. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. But this was when this you, was in the early 1970s. There were no uh no fancy gotcha. note takers back then. Oh, yeah, no, I don't no, I, not just no, note takers, no, but, but people, people who took notes on your part. Oh no, no. Yeah. No, I did not do that. I, I couldn't yep, use a brailler I, in class because it made a lot of noise, even with a pad right. underneath. So I recorded stuff, and I had people uh, who had, sometimes they would take notes in, in essence for me if they were in the same class, yeah. and we work out something. But a lot of times I would record and then have to go back later on and braille oh, out yeah. the notes. Not in That's, class, that I was the big. Sleep. That was the biggest time crunch yes is having to record a lecture and then have to go yep. and hear it over again to take notes yes and outside it, the classroom that yeah, was yeah. The if it was boring the first time. time it was horrible the second yeah <laughs> yeah exactly well, i know exactly yeah i can imagine i had something called a steno mask um so yep. imagine my uh, cassette recorder with a microphone to it and with the steno mask i'd hold it against my face and whenever I wanted to take a verbal note, I just squeeze the handle of it, and that would release the pause button on the record function. So oh. instead of having to record the whole lecture, I took wow. my own verbal notes. 
that was it was the, it was really a pretty cool device that not a lot of line students used but it was um uh, essentially per, nobody around you for the most part could hear it because it it was this mask that went over your nose and mouth um, yep. that 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 essentially enabled you to to speak and not be heard by other people wow exactly there is some audio description out there in live theater that is done in that fashion when they're really a small theater and there's right. not room to have a booth for the audio describer. Mm -hmm. They're just sitting in the back row. So it, it, the device still exists, but I, I think I'm wow. the only blind person I ever heard of who actually used it as extensively as we, as I did, especially in the junior and senior years. Yep. And again, the same not, time frame. I, I've you, never my heard friend. of it. Yeah. They're pretty yeah. cool. Miss yeah. Pam, thank you very much. Thank you. Excellent. Uh, Miss Marianne. We have Chris Bell. Hey, Chris. Mr. Bell. You can unmute Chris. Okay, got it. There you are. There he is. So I, I wanted to try something a little different, um, <clears throat> I, but I did use a steno mask. They were great. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of curious. You know, I became legally blind in the middle of my freshman year, and uh, and because of a learning disability I had, I, I really couldn't learn Braille, and still can't. Um, but it it seems to me that as a as a legally blind person, and then later as a blind person, I was better off without all that technology because we were all essentially equal in terms of writing papers on typewriters. Um, today, if I were in college and 50 years younger, um, it seems to me that all of the software and the technology would be difficult for, certainly would be for, for me as a, a blind person with my learning disability, but there are so many visual ways of um, enhancing in producing work, whether it's video or animation or multiple colors or or graphs or whatever, um, yep. that I would I would, I'd like to hear from younger people um, to what extent they feel that all of that those new options are enabling and enhancing, or whether it is more problematic to to compete in that extremely so, visual environment. Did you use computers or typewriters in, in college? Oh, no, I just used typewriters because yeah. I was in college in the late 60s, early 70s. And yep. uh, we didn't have computers. And we had a computer center with punch cards and whatnot. But uh, no, I, I didn't have any of that stuff. Right. And, and, and uh, w so often other kids in your class were actually handing stuff in handwritten right i don't really know i, I think everybody had to type at least in my Did university I, okay i believe everybody yeah. had to type i don't think handwritten work was allowed no. see see when when i was going to college you could you could actually if your handwriting was reasonable <laughs> you could actually do your work in in handwriting and really? so <laughs> those of us those of us who use typewriters 
felt like we actually had an advantage because the press professor could read our shit. Right. Well, that's, <laughs> well, that's, an, that's an advantage if what you wrote was worth reading. <laughs> well, not, an, not yeah. always an advantage. But, but, I think, <laughs> but I think one of the things that all of us as blind people, and, and maybe people will comment on this, learn to do is, is we, we learn to, um, to read as little as we needed to and yes. get as much out of it as we could. So we probably became more daring about um, synthesizing material and not reading it and kind of presuming we knew where it was going. Yeah, no, I think that was true. And I found that particularly in law school. Um, yeah. You know, so, I mean, I was, I was, you know, kind of a professional student, so I could listen to a professor and figure out exactly what she thought was important uh, that yes. would turn up on the exam. And that's all I read. <laughs> and that worked exactly. out pretty well. <laughs> yep. You know, Mr. Chris. the technology that we used uh -huh. over our lifetime of learning really made a difference. You know, I started oh, out with a manual portable typewriter. Then I graduated to, oh, my God, an electric typewriter. And from that, I moved on to a corrector ribbon typewriter. Yep. None of that chalk paper backspace tack oh, yeah. and mm -hmm. business. Uh, so it was really exciting when I got to the point where uh, technology kept caught up with my needs, which wasn't until after college graduation. Oh, no in question. college graduation, it was cassette was uh, a newfangled thing. Uh, all my RFB books came on reel to reel. Yeah, mine too. And some of them even arrived not crushed uh, <laughs> through the postal system. Uh, all, uh, one of the first of mine, skills I learned as a college student was how to splice tape. All of my <laughs> RFB stuff came on flexible discs. You guys, that's how long ago that was. <laughs> wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mine were open reel. Yeah. yeah. Open reel. Open reel. It was open reel. Flexible and, and, discs were great though. Yeah. As long as as long as as long as you could deal with them because they didn't take up nearly as much space as the cassettes or the open reels did. Right. And I mean, they the open didn't reels tangle were bulky. Yeah, they get all tangled up and break either oh exactly. gosh yes often but interesting what if you went if you if you grabbed the needle and went to take it off and i went did you ruin the disc <laughs> yes you did it, it they, they did not they did not survive well no i didn't think and, so and 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 usually the readers uh, and and the and the sound quality on on those on on the early RFB flexible disc oh. was absolutely atrocious, and <clears throat> especially on and the inside a lot edge. Of the yeah, yeah, and, and it, yeah, a lot of the people were using what they what they called soundscriber machines. Uh -huh. So, so they were actually they weren't recording onto onto tape and then putting it onto these little discs, which would give you pretty decent recording. They were recording directly onto these damn soundscriber sure. discs and sending them out. I remember. Uh, they were off. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Pretty bad. Yep. Pretty bad. <laughs> Chris, thank and you so much for your And we walked uphill in the snow to, to school every day. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uphill in the snow. Well, that yeah. we didn't have to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, in Jamaica, in in Jamaica, snow was not an issue. No, <laughs> at, at, <laughs> not, at least not, not at that. Not that kind of snowman. That kind of snowman. Chris, thank you, sir. <laughs> Chris, how did you get your books, Chris? He's gone. Miss Marianne, who we got? We have Nora. And her Ms. iPad. Nora. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> there she is. Hi. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway. I went to a junior uh, community college here in Phoenix, Arizona, back in 19, starting, I think it was 1976 to 78, I think, and, and it was a junior college and community, and I, I have used, uh, with me, I wrote with, uh, I was able to read the textbook with a magnifier, I think, and it was PCTV that they had there, and I think with a disability revision department. Anyway, I had used regular pencil and paper, and and I can use a separate sheet of paper to write my answers. And and when I listen when I listen to lectures, I use my mic my mini cassette tape recorder or my micro tape recorder cassette, and that's how I'm able to get the lectures and listen to them later on. And that's how and that's how accessible I was able to to maintain and then I was able to use my monocular to watch somebody write things on the chalkboard in the class. So I was able to sit in front and sometimes read a little if sometimes I would be able to see some words on the chalkboard. Anyway, so that was fun. And I wasn't majoring anything or I was just doing it like for, for fun, kind of and classes I wanted to learn mm -hmm. and, and that was helpful and someone uh, helped me with, with doing the, the main testing probably reading the questions right or something like that and I'll answer even by myself or have someone help me read it and other times I just test on my own so and with mobility I was able to go around pretty good and some days I ate my lunches for school, and other times I just, I think I ate there, and then I would take the city bus back home to where I used to oh. live. You're in Phoenix, uh, still live in Phoenix, with, but with my parents, so still living at home then. <laughs> so it was so nice. I couldn't graduate because I had some, some kind of a health issues that came up, but other than that, it was nice. And so overall, you really liked college pretty much, huh, Miss Nora? Oh, I sure did. <laughs> and I met, yep. an old, I met an old friend there. That's excellent. My <laughs> yep. Thank you. What, yep. Was, what was your degree in, Miss Nora? Um, I wasn't in college for any degrees of any sort, just for elective type classes. Nice. Uh, nice. Yep. Excellent. That, 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 that actually makes it a little easier because you don't feel quite under... The same amount of pressure, and you can actually sit back and enjoy the classes. That's pretty cool. Oh yeah! Thank you, Miss Nora. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Bye, bye. Excellent, Miss Marianne. We have Carla. Miss Miss Carla. MPA. You can unmute Carla. 
She's trying. Okay, we can move to Donna Browning. Donna, you may unmute. Hello. There hey, is Donna. So I started off with community college because I needed to go the cheap route first. Um, and, and community college okay. I mean, um, you know, I knew I was saving money. Yeah, I could still be at home. But because at that point, I wasn't ready to go to dorm life. I'd had enough of that already, you know, from the blind residential school. I, I was still wanting to kind of be on the home front. Um, so, but then I moved out in while I was going to community college, I moved out of my parents' home and I moved away and I actually moved back to where the, where the blind school was. And I went and lived there. Um, and I ended up going to the school that, uh, when I was young, uh, we used to have big sisters come from the, um, liberal arts um, private college there called Mary Baldwin. And so I kept going, I'm going to that school one day when I grow up. Well, I did. I did get nice. to go there. I was very excited. Now, I did not live there. I couldn't afford to do um, the um, room and board and all that. Um, and I went through their out of degree program. Now, the only difference there is you're Old, a little older, um, and but believe me, you were taking the same work, you were in the same classes with everybody. At that time, the only way guys could come to a class was during the adult degree program. Guys weren't living on campus yet. Now it's been changed to a um, co-ed college, but um, actually, from my understanding, now it's a university. Um, so I loved it. Um, I liked. I liked going to the um, liberal arts, arts college better than the community college because when I was going to the community college, I was like, hey, this is fun, but this is not what I was looking for. You know, you, you know what you're missing. <laughs> would, right. And, you know, I wanted that college experience. So I was really excited. I found a club that I really love and, um, you know, um, I, I was supported by them. Um, so much so that um, one year I brought the, you know, that Christmas tree the um, that you see in the malls and stuff. We pick up the angels and all that. So I had one of those brought to my college campus one year so that nice. where I went, the kids were pretty uh, well off. So um, I thought this would be fine. So I discussed it with my, the, you know, the, the group that I was in, they thought that was a great idea and they helped me do the stuff that I couldn't do for when I, you know, not being able to drive. They supported me in that part. They let me do the other stuff that I was capable of doing. And, mm -hmm. and it also helped them see how I function as a visually impaired person. And, um, and it, it, it was really wonderful. Um, I, I, I did have some cool friends. I didn't have a lot of friends, but I had some really close ones. And what was really fun is sometimes I did get to get that experience of even being in the dorm because some nights I would stay overnight when we were studying and stuff. I would just stay overnight and sleep on the floor in my friend's room. Um, 
and and just do that kind of thing. And so nice. I, I felt like I was getting that. So what in the school I was at, um, um, all of my all the whenever I went to community college or or when I went to the liberal arts school, I did have a CCTV. But what was cool in the liberal arts college, um, it was in it it was it not only was it just in the library uh, where the other places it was where everybody could see it and it was just open, blah, blah, blah. But my liberal arts college, it was in a cubby, you know, seniors could have these cubbies they could have to go study that their bodies. Nice. And so mine was in my cubby. And um, the other thing I got to do, and I got to have a cubby before I was a senior um, because they wanted nice. that space. And my, also my, um, social work instructor had me take my test there um that way i could use it if i wanted to um and it, he knew it had plenty of light there and um he wanted me to be able because i did do handwriting on the test course and he had a lot of essay so he wanted me to have a place that was really because the classroom we were in didn't have very good light so he wanted to make sure i could see to write my essays that makes sense yeah like you in and and my major, I had a lot of essays, and I preferred that over multiple choice or, um, you know, choose right. blah, blah, blah blah or whatever, I or fill in the blank or whatever. I didn't like those. I I liked the essay because then I could just spit it out. Yeah, and much I, better. Yes, and so, uh, yeah, Miss Donna did. Did you like did did you think that community college was good preparation for university or would you have preferred to be in university right from the start? Um, I think it was um, I think it was good because it um, it helped me to adjust like that one reason I picked the liberal arts schools because I knew I didn't do well in large situations so mm -hmm. I, I and but when I went to a community college, when I took my history classes, they were in huge rooms. So uh -huh. there was, that was the time I had to deal with that. But I did well, you know, I made A's, so it didn't bother right. me much. But um, yeah, I, um, you know, um, I think it helped me, but I think I could have done it even without it. Um, right. Because the uh, college that I did go to, they were really good at, um, catering you know and, and catering to the needs of their students um i i a good example is i have test anxiety um and and my um i took my psych classes one of the teach couple of the teachers noticed it but one of them in particular what they did was they said some of the some of the tests they gave me verbally like if he says, if I'm not going to do an essay court test, nice. I'm going to offer. he says, because you carry on totally intelligent conversations in class, but it, on the test, you just go, he says, and I know, you know, this stuff. So he generally um, did that. And he also, when I had to, when I had to um, put, um, we had to, we had to name the brain. Okay. We had to learn the brain power and put it in the right place. So he yep. made me a big one. And I, I took it and learned that big one, but then I also made myself learn how to fill in the tinier one. And when I gave my test in, I filled in both of them and handed it in to him. He says, wait, 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 wait. 
He said, I gave you the big one. Why'd you fill in the little one? I says, because I wanted to show you I could do it. And I nice. wanted to show myself I could do it. Uh -huh. <laughs> he was very excited. So, yeah, so they were, you know, that's how I could, you know, I was able to totally flirt, just, just really explode in learning because I had such good support um, from people and I felt comfortable uh, in the situation. So excellent. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Donna. You're welcome. Good talking to you. Excellent. You too, Miss Marianne. Well, um, Carla, can you unmute? Maybe she stepped away. Can you hear me? Oh, yep, now we do. Thank you. Okay, yeah. I was having some problems with Jaws. Um well, um my college was an interesting experience because um um, first of all, I was the only blind person on campus, the only blind student on campus, and there wasn't any office for special needs or anything. And three years of being mainstreamed into high school was a great tra training ground for me because um, when I um, went to college, I, I was used to being the only and doing everything on my own. And I started out as a music major and hated it. I just, I mean, it was like, I'm not a competitive person and you had to compete with everybody for chairs right. and things just got really clinical and icky and stuff. So I switched majors after a very short, um, you know, time with speech and broadcasting. I decided I want a more state, you know, stable life than going up and down the dial and everything or up and uh -huh. down the coast. <laughs> I um, um I started to double major in French and Spanish, and that's what happened. I, you know, I ended up with getting my teaching degree, my French and Spanish degree. And then um, when I was out of college um, and teaching school, I got German. I got a third language. And um, I went to college, uh, a local college, to get that um, while I was teaching. And that was an interesting experience, going to school at night and being the oldest person in the class. and. <laughs> you know what I mean? But no, um, when I went to college, it was, um, I, you know, it, it was a good experience for me. I made friends. I did not pledge a sorority um, because I just, I don't know, it just seemed like it was sort of, in, in, you know, exclusive. And I, I just didn't, I don't know, I just didn't like you know the, the the thought of you know of how 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 they went and they did the rushes and the expense and all that so i didn't do that and several of my friends and i didn't pledge any sororities but uh -huh. or fraternities and we got together and we made up our own we called ourselves a ferority and we took the first two nice. three letters of two of our members names and you know and uh, you know gail and susan and we became gamma sigma we just made up our own name <laughs> nice and it was so funny we'd be um we would be um you know lonely or everybody would be doing something one of us would say let's go to hoagie hut and about 30 of us would end up at hoagie hut it was so funny and um the one day i invited them to my room um to watch the uh, uh, the ball game there was a the cleveland browns i went to westminster and there was this big um rival uh, you know ra I want to say rivalry between cleveland and pittsburgh because westminster right. is halfway between and I was so proud of myself. I went and got these snacks and I invited these 10, 10 of my friends that were in the sorority to come to my room and watch this game. 
not knowing that there was no picture on the screen. They came oh, no. no picture. <laughs> I only had food for 10, but we ended out in the lobby and, and you know, they were such good sports. Somebody passed a hat and ran up the hoagie hut and got some food. And my party for 10 turned out for a, uh, to a party with 150. Oh so, my gosh. You know, that, you know, that was, it was just really, um, now, great. what did you go to a state school or a private one? It was a private school, you know, it was a liberal arts um, school. And, um, you know, in liberal arts, when you take, um, you have to take a science lab and a non-lab and, you know, right. you have to take a little bit of everything. And I'll never forget, and we didn't have no takers or anything. And I can tell you that, um, that business of typing on stencil, I typed a 60 page Spanish paper in Spanish and it was on stencil, my final project. Oh, so, no. That was awful. I had to go back and do the whole thing over. It was terrible, but the professor was nice about it. Um, <laughs> but, oh, man. But, um, you know, you, you you learned to get along. You you really did. Um, um, yes. And we took it. I took a, an agriculture course, of all things, for my science um, lab course. Uh -huh. And we had a, a simulated farm. Okay, and what they would do is you you rotated crops and everything, and in the computer would tell you what would happen if you planted this or that. And uh -huh. well, my farm went bankrupt, but uh, I worked. Oh dear! Lab partner was um, from um, from um, Peru and could not speak English very well and didn't understand the professor. So she said that is if I would translate what the professor was saying for, you know, and record, translate what he was saying and right. be her interpreter, that she would um, put things on the computer for us because there was no accessible computer in those days. You nice. know? I learned more. I had learned more Spanish in that course than I did agriculture because I was acting as <laughs> her interpreter. And it was just a very good experience, you know, Get that. for me. And so th that's just an example of how, you know, mm -hmm. we cooperate and how that, you know, I was accepted. And now what what made you decide to go to uh, to us a, a, a small or liberal arts college rather than a state place? Well, um, I sort of a couple of things. Um, I, I didn't want to be a number. You know, if I went to Pitt right. or if I went to Penn State, I, you know, I would have been a, a number more than a name. And I wanted to be in a, you know, I wanted to be in smaller classes and a smaller atmosphere. And um, and I fell in love with Westminster because I went up there during summers during my high school for the Christian mm -hmm. Missionary Conference, International Christian Missionary Conference. And so I fell nice. in love with that place and, and I got accepted. So I went. And um, I, you know, I didn't have much time for social life anyhow with a double major and getting my teaching certificate and being totally right. blind. And I worked. I had a job when I was going through school, too. So, you know, I didn't want to go into debt or anything, you know. Yeah. What 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 kind of job did you have? Well, actually I actually had a couple of jobs. I worked as a lab monitor and um, mm -hmm. you know, the, in the language lab, and I made some right. money doing that. And then I, <laughs> I played in in bands. I, I and I played music. You know, I, like I would um, 
play the piano or play the organ for weddings and then play the piano in, in cocktail lounges and bars and things like that. Nice. Make some good money doing that. I'll never forget the yeah. night in May that I was playing for a bunch of bowlers and they got drunk and they wanted <laughs> me to play Christmas songs. And they kept on pelting the piano with quarters. And it was one of these open pianos. And the quarters fell inside the piano. Oh, it's no. sound like a honky-tonk piano. <laughs> and we ended up playing Christmas carols in 90 degrees. You know what I mean? And then after it was all over, I was leaving. And I was trying to get all the quarters and gather them up and give them to the manager. And he says, oh, no, you earned those. Well, that's excellent. I, could I, I love that. I love those kind of stories. They they really mean a lot to me. You know, that I'll never have forget the time I was taking intro to biblical studies. You talk about those. Um, remember the old Bible read by Alexander Scorby? Oh yes, yes. Yep. I had it on sound sheets. You know those little flexible yeah. discs. And yep. I'll never forget. <laughs> it was about midnight, and we were doing Genesis. And I had put headphones on the talking book machine. I forgot. And the headphones uh, sort of so, uh, shorted out. So I couldn't hear them. I, I kept turning it up real loud. Nothing would happen. And I thought, uh -huh. oh, there's something wrong with this thing. So finally, I realized, hey, the headphones are in. So I pulled out the headphones. And all of a sudden, he just burst out. And God said, let there be light. <laughs> and I heard this, this, this blood-curdling scream from the end of the hall. And my friend of mine comes running and she says, you don't believe that, but I had a supernatural experience. I was with Genesis and also I had a big voice. And I didn't have the heart to tell her that. <laughs> That's <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I'm not gonna. You know, I don't want to. Uh, Jeff, I don't want to um, monopolize this. But I, I yep. just, I just wanted That's to great. tell you that you know, college was a good experience, and you know, yeah. we've come a long way. Now there aren't well, there are no takers, you, and um, right, and you for students, you've made a you made a lot of use of college too. I mean, you you have um, you you built it into a whole range of careers, so. Yeah, I did, uh, and I got my radio. I worked at the school radio station, and I and I and I also worked yep. at the board op and a television station. And I use that, to, you know, I have my own little production studio, and I use those skills for, you know, for doing my educational products. And uh, you know, so you you know you and of course I'm using my languages. So you use yep. things, you know. You never know when you get when you get an education where it's going to lead you. Yep. you know. It's, it's pretty amazing. Miss um, Carla, thank you very thank much you. for your call. Miss you. Marianne. We have Doug Hall. I know him. Oops, sorry, sorry, sorry. Hold on. Try again, there Doug. There you go. No, it's my fault. There you go, Doug. There we go. Hi there. There you go, Doug. Hi there, there Doug. Mr. Doug. Uh, let's see. Um, my first college was Syracuse University, and I hated it. Um, my philosophy was it would be better. I, I decided at the time I'd be better to be a large fish in a pond than a minnow in a lake. So I, I did not like Syracuse. I ended up going, well, actually, I was recruited by CW Post College, and they said if I went to CW Post, I would be sent overseas for part of my college career but it was too close to home i wanted to get away from home um 
So I ended up going to the State University of New York at Geneseo, which is interesting because now they would never let me in now. It's become a ex very exclusive school. Um, and I have, I have to say that academically is okay. I was an average student, but frankly, I think my college career is more what I learned outside of the classroom than inside of the classroom. Um, I developed a lot of friends, got involved in one, uh, one time, um, I was, I was at, well, actually I had readers. Um, by the way, Paul, I went to college a little while after I started, I started in 1967. So a little after you. Yep. Yep. Before there were a lot of things. Um, um, Brian, you mentioned the steno mask. When I went to college, I was given a steno mask. And I think, I think it was called a total talk. Had little three inch reels, reel to reel. And that was when I was a freshman. And when I was a sophomore, I got a Wallensack 5710 reel to reel. Uh, to use. I Wallensack. That was my buddy. <laughs> and then when I was a senior, no, junior, when I was a junior, I got the Sony 105 reel to reel. Yeah. And I didn't get a cassette machine until I was in my second, until I was a senior. Um, anyway. Um, I went to school during summers as well as as well as during I took a lighter load during the, the spring, the fall and, and winter and whatever it is. And I took classes in the summer and I worked at the same time. At mm -hmm. one point, would you believe I my job was working for instructional resource to instructional resources, delivering equipment and 16 millimeter films around campus, which was right. At one point, I, I went into a class and the projections didn't show up. So I ended up showing a video to the class, which was kind of interesting. That was sort um, of fun. It was it was different. Um, but anyway, um, I had readers. Ladies were really nice. I had readers. But the problem is one of the problems we found is when I had availability, they didn't. So. I talked with the head of one of the people in instructional resources, and he said agreement. If I worked for him running the language lab, he would let me have an office with a reel-to-reel tape recorder so the ladies could, the other students just come in when they had time and read into the machine. So I ended up you know, working in language lab, and then I ended up, that's how I started delivering equipment and doing all that kind of stuff. But so a lot of it was work. Um, I did not join a fraternity or whatever it is. However, when I was at Geneseo, I joined a, an organization called Circle K, which is the college level of Kiwanis. Um, and I enjoyed that. I had a good time with that group. Matter of fact, that group still meets today. That's 50 some years ago. We meet by Zoom now to discuss things. Interesting thing was that yes, I was blind, but I also had seizures. So I was on dialant for, for seizures, and mm -hmm. I used to be able to drink people under, Geneseo was famous for its bars. We had 3,000 <laughs> students and nine bars, and they all did nice. really well. Anyway, we used to go up to the bar, and I could drink vodka and screwdrivers and whatever it is. I could drink people under the table, and never, I never got drunk. Well, I found out after I graduated that dialant counteracts alcohol. Alcohol, yep. Except that alcohol counteracts dilant. So no. 
So I was not getting drunk, but my seizures were getting worse. Uh, but um, so in, in terms of college, you know, academically it's okay. I was, a, um, by the way, when I went to college, I was a political science major because I didn't want to go to graduate school, which is kind of stupid. Um, I ended up switching into experimental psychology. Um, when I had talked um, originally, when I started, I said, well, there's this new thing and I want to get into computers. And my advisor said, that's a stupid idea. It's a fad. It'll never exist. Within six months, it's going to disappear and you're wasting your time. So I should go into social work instead. That's what I was advised. It's kind of funny because after I, I finished in my undergraduate three and a half years, because I took classes during the summer, I ended up getting a master's in counseling, which is pretty close to social work. Um, and and where did you do the master's, Doug? I got the master's at the University of New Hampshire. Nice. Which is a big school. Yes, it is. Um, but. Uh, I like Geneseo. Geneseo was a small school, um, and I liked that it was a small campus. Uh, Syracuse was a huge campus. I didn't like it. it was impersonal. By the way, um, mention about classrooms. I think when I was at Syracuse, um, I took a course in parties and politics, and I think there were 200 students in the class. Well, I so, believe it. Um and I, I didn't yeah. like it. But anyway, Genesee was small. I got to know people. The one problem I noticed, and you probably, you may have noticed too, Paul. I went to college before ADA. And like I right. said, I was a psychology major. And one of the requirements at Genesee was you have to take statistics in order to be a major in psychology. They only had one instructor in stat, and he refused to have a blind person in his class. And I couldn't do a thing about it, because back in 1968, 69, that was not a requirement. So right. the college ended up having to give me a waiver for statistics, because the, the instructor would not allow me in his class. I ended up taking statistics in graduate school and had no problem at all. Uh, but... Um, they well, like I said, the college was fine, uh, but academically, I don't know that I got much out of academics, but I did get a lot about out, out of meeting people and doing things. Um, for instance, that that little thing I did with the language lab and set I set up a recording program to record textbooks. And it never been by the way, there were actually four blind students at Geneseo at that point. Um, there were not special services. Cool. Yeah, there yep. were no special services though. And we had to learn to do things ourselves. The state, I, I was in New York, the state of New York gave me X amount of dollars each semester to pay for readers. And it was my mm -hmm. job to figure out who I wanted. I did not have note takers. I didn't have that kind of thing. Um, anyway, interestingly, I set up a recording program at Geneseo. I ended up later setting up a re textbook recording program at the University of Florida while I was working. And it, a lot of it was what I learned when I was in college. Um, so I was able to do that as, as part of my, as part of my job. Yep, you know, excellent. one of the things that, that I find amazing about all of the stories we've been hearing about this evening is 
I hear in people's voices a bit of pride that they went to college in the days before there was disabled student services there to uh, level the playing field for you, so to speak. So you had to do it through just tenacity to some degree. Yes, no, there was no disabled student services where I went to college, either case. I had to advocate for myself in order to get a space to meet with a reader. I had to advocate. Uh, you know, if the book didn't come in, the book didn't come in. I had to find a way to move yep. ahead anyway. Yep. Uh, yep. I had to choose classes based on whether or not the reading list was something I could even uh, expect exactly. to find somewhere. Right. And how many of us read old editions of textbooks? Because the oh. edition they're using in the class wasn't available yet. Right. True. You know, I, I was thinking. Um, Usually. Saying, Brian, <laughs> my my wife went, um, went to school before ADA and whatever it is. But when she was uh, getting her master's at the University of Florida, uh, when she started out, she, she, had, she had multiple disabilities, as Paul knows Nancy, our new Nancy. Um, yeah. But. She she ended up standing in lines and going through and get classes and all that kind of stuff. Then things changed, and he she ended up working for student services for special services, and it was her job to sign people up in their classes because they had disabilities and couldn't go through the class, the the drop and add and, and signing up things. Here, this lady right. with disabilities ended up doing it because people and it, I'm I'm amazed at the number of people who expect to have note takers and test takers and readers and right wonder what the heck do they do in the <clears throat> class and, and, and it, it is you know later on it's amazing how many disabled students um were identified in in a college environment when i worked at at miami dade we typically on my campus alone were serving somewhere between seven and eight hundred disabled students a year Okay. With a student um, body of how much? Um, probably, probably 12,000, 14,000 for that campus. Yeah, I was the only blind person at the community college. I was the only blind person at the liberal arts college. Um, you know, my, I, I ticked off the uh, music department when I succeeded in getting a practice room turned into my room for meeting with nice with, uh, readers and that kind of stuff but it took a lot of you know you had to be very proactive to make negotiating yep absolutely yep. absolutely yep. you're right we did no if question. we didn't if we didn't push it didn't happen that's and right I, I don't know whether that makes us hardier you know a little resistance is how you develop muscle right and does it work the same thing here, that it helps uh, create a bit of muscle that students not going through that uh, aren't getting the benefit of, of doing that? I know during my senior year in high school, my teacher said, now's the time to transition to being your own advocate. Right. So Agreed. I will help you do what you are doing. I will not intervene or any of those things. and help you anticipate those problems. You should know by now, you need to know what classes you're going to get in time to get the books. You're gonna to need to 
make sure that you're very specific on how you're going to deal with research papers and tests. You have to set those things up for yourself in advance, not last minute, you know, those kinds of things. And it really did pay off. It really, yeah. not just for the rest of school, but quite honestly, for the rest of life. Yeah, you're right. We we learned not just academic, but I think we learned an awful lot about how to live and how to achieve things. Uh, well, and and, and also how to how to interact with people, because uh, I suspect that it's also true for those of us who went to college before there were access services. We didn't we didn't just have people who would do a for us we had we we made arrangements where in exchange for them doing a for us we would do b for them correct oh there was a you lot know, of that a lot of barter. there were there were a lot of barter and kind of transactional arrangements that you made with with other students um and 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 i think the other the other reality is a lot of us who made it into college um, made it into college because we were pretty good. And so we actually had stuff that we could do um, that, 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 that other people wanted. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A one, I think part of what makes college such a positive memory for us uh, is the social things, not always the, sure. the good social things. I, I remember uh, again in the fraternity I was in, it was a rite of passage that uh, when you turned 18, because a lot of students started when they were in 17, you would take them on your shoulders as a group over to what was called the Beta Pond, uh, a fountain of sorts in front of the state house. You'd take them over there on your shoulders. You'd give them a salad plate and you'd strip them naked and throw them in the pond and it was up to them to get themselves back <laughs> yeah, right? nice. and and as a uh a person who pledged but in his junior year uh i had to participate as a pledge in this whole nonsense uh and the moment that the guy was dropped into the pond and ran away so did all of my fraternity brothers leaving me standing there stands <laughs> any mobility device no kidding right. and no idea how the hell to get back to campus <laughs> uh, and so a police officer came over and said uh young man i suppose you're going to say you didn't see a thing <laughs> and i said yep that's what i'm gonna <laughs> say it. i got back to campus it took me a long time. It was lunchtime. I went into where the, the frat served lunch, picked up a stack of plates, uh, crockery plates, and slammed them on the ground, shattering plates everywhere, and said, Oh my goodness. This is what brotherhood means, my friend. Just leave me <laughs> out there again and see what will happen next time. <laughs> so, yeah. But, you know, that, that was a learning experience for me, too. I tell you, I never went anywhere, even temporarily, without having the knowledge of how to get back. And, and, and you probably carried your cane you. more often. Yeah. Oh, always. It never yep. left my side from that point forward. Yep. 
Yeah. I was a low vision person uh, at that point in my life. And I was going from the, from the uh, political science building back to the frat house, which was on campus, and uh, came up toward the back door. And here was a motorcycle parked there. And I saw wow. this big glow orange helmet. So I said, oh, damn it. Because there was one guy in our fraternity who was a motorcycle nut. And he was an upper classman who was just all about harassing pledges to the fraternity. So mm -hmm. I got get close and I said, all right, uh, reporting, sir. You know, did all that stuff. <laughs> no reaction. None whatsoever from this individual on the motorcycle. I said, God, he's just getting me so mad. I don't care if I stay in the fraternity or not. And I reached out to smack him and knocked the helmet off the, the uh, what do they call those? The, off the bike, you know, there was a backrest oh, to this yeah. bike. Yep. I can't remember what they called those things. <laughs> but he had parked it there, put his helmet up where head height would be, and my low vision person just filled in the blanks <laughs> that there was actually somebody on the damn bike. But there were those kinds of things that happened yep. uh, over the course of, the social side of things that are still funny stories to remember, but I learned something from every one of those little stories. They just add up. They do. Doug, thank you for your call, sir. Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Miss Marianne. We have, uh, I believe it's Teresa nine five Oh one area code. Jacksonville lady. Okay, I've, I've been out, is. but I've been I've been out, but I've been listening to all these stories. Okay, well, I was in kind of like two different schools, two different colleges, um, due to kind of changing my major and oh, a few other things that happened along the way that <laughs> not good stuff really. But um, probably the best thing that happened to me was the second college that I did go to. Now. I did have some good experience, a few good experiences out of the first uh, school I attended. It was a local college near uh, where my parents lived. And well, they thought it would be nice for me to live at home. And so I did that. And well, I knew that that was probably not a good thing at all. Uh, it was a very bad thing because, well, you know, transportation. They had to take me back and forth to class. And so um, sometimes I missed out on things in the evenings. Um, they didn't mind me getting involved with activities, but I knew after a while that this was becoming a transportation problem and just a few other stuff, uh, a little other stuff to go along with it, and family issues and whatnot. Um, I remember one time, though, a um, lady that did read for me, she asked me one Friday night if I was doing anything, and she wanted to know if I'd like to come to a play. And so I did go to the play because, you know, I like plays, and I still do like plays, as in, you know, in the theater. But it wasn't mm -hmm. described, so I had to kind of pay attention. And like a lot of you said here, I went to school pre-ADA. Oh, yeah. Uh, recordings for the blind, tapes. Tapes that didn't always sound very good. Whoever did the recording, <laughs> I don't know. The engineer did not check the quality of the recording. 
in some cases. Um, yep. Also, um, I remember, you know, not living in the dorms. I did uh, sometimes visit a few friends that did live in the dorms. And there was one uh, dormitory I used to go uh, visit somebody in. And her, um, you know, her floor was nice. It was carpeted hallway and everything. Her room, the furnishings were nice. I said, gee, this would be a nice dorm room to live in and everything. But um, the bad part was it would have been a blind person's nightmare because you had to uh, cross a highway to go back over to the main part of campus just for things like going, you know, to the cafeteria and most of the most of the classes. So, yeah, that wouldn't have been very ideal for me, no matter how I would have liked it. Um, and then she was in another dorm that was um, had a little uh, sitting area. There were like two uh, two bedrooms, and then there was a, a sitting area in the living room. And I think that's where they did their studying, and that was always, you know, we'd work on stuff. Uh, she read to me and everything. In the spring of 1983, much to my not wanting to, but it was probably for the better, I went to Marshall University in Huntington, West Virginia. And if you've heard of that, yes, that is the school where the uh, whole football team that one year uh, perished in the plane crash. Um, so that's, wow. that's the one you've heard of. Uh -huh. um, I remember having a class uh, with a professor who was a news reporter at the time the crash happened. So he had to, uh, he was one of those that had to go out and he was just, you know, holding his breath and hoping and praying it was not the team, the plane that was carrying the team. But unfortunately it was. And it was a fiery crash. And I saw somebody loaned me a tape years later um, where I heard him talking on there and he said the hardest part was the covering all those funerals um, of that crash. Yeah, I bet that's yeah. right. Uh, yep. Yeah, can you only imagine? I yep. mean, uh, and because there were boosters, you know, uh -huh. people who supported the team. So there were family, you know, like husbands and wives, and some of those uh, people had children. In fact, I took a class with somebody who um, uh, they told me that her parents were on that plane back then. And there was an article oh written goodness. about her in the plane in a paper one year around the anniversary of the of the crash. And uh, she was talking about how, you know, she was sitting at home with her sister and a babysitter and the, a news story breaks in and the next thing, neighbors are coming over to the house and telling yep. the kids. Yep. Um, tough. Tough. When, I, when I got to Marshall, I had to learn, to, I had to adjust. Um, fortunately, I, I went to this one place uh, the summer before to... Uh, help improve my mobility and just to be able to know, you know, get used to the idea that I was going to be a little living a little independently. There weren't going to be people around to uh, do my laundry and things. And I had uh -huh. to do those things and I didn't have to worry about cooking my meals. I went to the cafeteria, but a mobility instructor from this place, um, my last um, class assignment was with him uh, the whole day in, um, we worked in Huntington, and we walked around, um, you know, learned my um, orientation. 
And I know this is supposed to be a family-friendly call, but I must say something, and only one because he said it, I didn't. Um, before, not that um, orientation, but it was one that we did in June. We went, spent the day over there. He said, after all this I've been doing for you and you know helping you learn your way around, if you decide you don't want to come here, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> I carried those. I carried those words in my head for the rest of the time I was there because somebody tried to get me to drop out once to get married to them, and I wouldn't do it because well, those words, excellent. those words stuck in my head. I did not want word to get back to that mobility instructor that I had dropped out to get married because I knew what he would be. <laughs> I said, "Lord, no, he would not have been happy. You got it." Um, mm -hmm. So I did, you know, my mobility. Um, I had to learn to get along with um, most of the people. Well, everybody except one person was sighted. One or two people was sighted. There were some wheelchair users. My only thing is sometimes I felt like I felt like the wheelchair the people in the wheelchairs had more friends. But I was told years later, maybe it's because, you know, they could make eye contact with people they were speaking to. Yep. Um, I think it makes a so, big difference, you know, Teresa. Yep. It makes a big difference. It does. But um, I had readers, and just like everybody else, there was a disabled student services group that met because um, there were a lot of things that needed to be advocated for. And this, this was still pre-ADA, you know. George Bush signing the bill. Um, uh -huh. So this was still before then. But um, I had, like I said, I had readers and I had to, you know, do my part. Um, now, back at the first college, there was one very <coughs> negative in incident, but I came through it. I'd known this person. Um, he lived across the street from my family. And I'd known him since like I was 12. And he was my first math professor. Mm -hmm. And mind you, I was doing everything. Everything I had was on tape. But I was doing everything I was supposed to do. You know, met with my tutor. Um, my mother, uh, she knew about it, but she wasn't sure. But she said, is there a way you can get the, um, we can get you with some of those uh, transparent, um, pay, that transparent paper, you know, the type you use on the drawing boards, you know, the kit, the pen, and the paper. Uh -huh. So I got that, and of course, I always had a supply of that, took that with me, the pen and the board, and the tutor, um, she would draw graphs, and of course, I knew my um, print letters, so I knew S, you know, or ones and zeros, and like, in economics, I knew S and D for, you know, supply and demand. I used, I used those, um, like a person would use a prayer book in church, <laughs> maybe uh -huh. even more, because that, that was important to have and they drew my graphs and I had to feel what they were drawing and they put numbers and I had to know my print numbers which was fine I, I learned all that but uh, this math professor didn't think I should have been in his class but he couldn't come and talk to me he told the special there was a special service office there but it really wasn't as uh, full-fledged as the one at Marshall um, but um, he talked to her and my tutor and so when I came up to meet with them, uh, they took me back in uh, the one woman's office and they talked to me. And, you know, my worst fear was I wasn't so much worried about my um, 
how I was going to finish math or anything. I was worried about his and my father's friendship. Oh, no. And, um, I, I gotcha. Was, yeah, well, well, see, my mother was coming to meet me. And sometimes I'd go back to um, the house for lunch, you know, save money. Uh-huh. And I told her about it. And I said, I'm worried. I'm, I just hope nothing will happen between Dad and Mr. Rell. And she said, <laughs> yep. well, don't, she said, well, don't you worry. She said, Dad walked over to him to speak to him at a football game. And he didn't even uh-huh. look up. I said, what? Yep. And she said, no, he didn't. And, you know, of course, I had to tell them what happened. And they they got, they got met with each other, my parents, you know, that afternoon. And I said to my mom, I said, I don't know if um, he knew, but I walked their um, youngest daughter. She was like nine years old at the time. I'd walked her across the street when her parents got back from something that on a Saturday night. Uh, so uh-huh. she wouldn't have to walk back by herself. And I was 18 and she was nine, you know, and I was, she was fully sighted. She could have done it by herself, but I just thought it'd be nice. Yeah. And my mom said she told my dad that too. You know, I never, oh, well, you know, tried to cool. do anything mean to them. And it was, it was rough, but they found me another math class to get into. And that professor, I knew him from church and he was nice. And in fact, all the students in the class were willing to work with me, make sure I, knew all the problems and was able to solve them and and I had my same tutor and so that worked out well, that's excellent you know you know because I, you know, I tried to take advantage teacher. of everything yeah, yeah. Sure. relationships relationship with teachers with teacher. are complicated are complicated yes. things my favorite teacher in university uh, favorite yes. meaning I liked him as a person a lot but he inevitably, yeah. when he drew things on the chalkboard, would draw them yeah. as he was lecturing and then stop right. and say, now let me explain this to Brian. <laughs> Didn't describe yeah. it while he was doing it. Just said right. the whole class had to wait while he explained it to Brian. Come well, on. You guys. know what might <laughs> what might have been good is if um if they had allowed me to bring the tutor in class with me and she could have whispered what was being written as it was, as it was sure. being written in this way, I could have, and you know, I didn't have a note taker. Nope. You know what my note taker was? Slates and styluses and braille paper. And sometimes oh, yeah. not even real braille paper. I used to use all kinds of stuff for braille, <laughs> called it braille paper, as <laughs> long as it could take notes. I hear that. But you know, but that was the biggest negative that had happened, you know, mm-hmm. there. But Ms. Um, thank you for calling in and being thank with you for us your this call. Evening. Yep. Yeah. Very so much. like for Pam, sure. you know, I had gray hairs. You know, I got some gray hairs, and <laughs> oh yeah, type. I was in the day back in the day of typewriters and ribbons and you know all that sort of stuff too. <laughs> well, I bet you were. <laughs> yes, indeed. Mr. Reese, you know, thank way you. before computers. Uh huh. Oh, oh yes. no question. Oh yeah. Yep. Miss Marianne, we All got right. anybody else? You're clear for now, Paul. Very good. So, one of the things that uh, one one of the things that I've been thinking about listening to um, all oh. of the discussion that we've heard tonight. I know we'll get there in a second. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, um, one of the uh, one of the things that I've been thinking about is 
how much different it it probably is now to try to go to college. I know that when we were talking about this either either before the show today or last week, a lot of us said how much easier it would probably be um, to try to go to college now with all the resources that we have. Um, but we really haven't heard tonight um, from a lot of folks who went to college after after computers. Most of the folks who've called in are folks who, who went to school before that. Uh, do you think it would it, it, it would be easier for you to go to college now, Brian? What do you think? Yes. Yes. For the things that I struggled with. Um, yeah. Accessing textbooks that were yep. current would be dramatically easier now than then. No question. Though I understand in talking to people, it is very typical to have to have readings. You, instead of having the textbook, you have the 12 to 15 readings out of 12 to 15 different books. So while the books probably exist out there, there's a lot more effort to wrangle them all up and to yep. be able to deal with the unique navigation that each one of those electronic publications uh, would yep. force you to have to learn. So I know yeah. there's that, that side, the downside of things. I do think disabled student services would have been wonderful because it would have taken that burden off of me uh, and I could have focused more on learning the subject than how to learn the subject as a blind person. Uh, right. So I think there'd be some serious advantage there. Also, to some degree, you can be more assured that what you know, you truly do know. I'll give you an example. Kim uh, attended the same two-year liberal arts college that I did, albeit a year behind me. And uh, we had to rely in those days to do research in the library in the days of card catalogs mm -hmm. and all of that. So her reader would help her find the right information. She'd write down braille notes on everything that the reader read to her. And then she got an F on a paper. Now, Kim is not used to getting anything below uh, A minus on anything. So mm -hmm. to get an F on a paper was rather horrible for her. It turned out that the professor swore that she was misrepresenting her uh, footnotes. And it turned out that her reader had misread the footnotes. It wasn't something Kim did, it's something the reader did. Now, I don't mind taking blame for what I did, but boy, it really wrangles me when somebody's blamed for something they didn't do. And I think right. technology would have made a difference in her life just in that one incident alone. Rick, do you think college would have been easier for you? Oh, I know. There he goes. Nope, he's gone. Yeah. May not oh, he around. may be busy. How, how about you, Larry? Oh, would, I would it have been easier. I, I definitely, yeah. I think so because the library Absolutely. would have been. Uh, am I not? Am I? Can you hear me? Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. Okay. Yep. The library would have been replaced with online, mm -hmm. and so yes. yes. So anything we would do in the library, where we would have to have help or bring somebody with us, 
we essentially, if we were good technologically, we could find almost anything online. Uh, disabled yeah. services, ab- absolutely, that would have helped. Uh, you know, we didn't have them at the college, the, the four-year college I went to. But I had friends, I had readers, I had people who yep. were happy to help. Uh, and they probably still could help in some respects, especially in terms of finding things. But, but mm-hmm. boy, technologically speaking, it, it, it opens up so many opportunities that I'm not even thinking of all of them right now that we would have that available to us now. Where we didn't, yeah. Then just that whole thing been. about going to the library. Yeah. Not only did you have to have somebody read to you, but you had to translate to whoever was reading for you what you were looking for, right? And hope that they got exactly. It. And that's and not easy. Yeah. Your computer, no, no. Instead of yep. sitting at your computer and be able to do that research yourself, I think it's, it's a easy. huge advantage having technology yeah. now. So we have two or three hands up in the air, and we're going to try to take them. But everybody needs to needs to try to make their comments as quickly as you can, please, because you only have a few minutes left. Miss Marianne? Hey, we have Mary. Miss Mary. Can I mute? Got to move on. I am. We'll move on to... Area code 770, you may unmute. Hi, this is Janet. And I just wanted to say about how it would change absolutely drastically the way it is now. We had reel-to-reel books, huge order. Trying to find where you were to study on a reel-to-reel player. People today, students today wouldn't imagine what we went through with flexible records and discs trying to get your material where you wanted exactly. it to be. They yep. have no idea. It's a new generation. Even even our, our lessons were done with typewriters, like you said before, Brian. You know, uh, you know it's just a different yep. world. It's a different world. That's all I wanted to say. Thank you, Miss Janet. You got it. Hey, Mary is unmuted. Mary? Can you hear me? Yep, we can. Yes, we can. Finally. I, I don't know what I was doing wrong, but this is all new to me. Uh, I'm not seeing the, the usual uh, little symbols. But anyways, um, <coughs> I can relate to both sides of the coin, we're going to call it. <coughs> Excuse me. I started out at a community college here in South Florida. Uh, spent two years there. Got a pre-teaching degree majored in uh, foreign, majored in foreign languages, French, then minored in Spanish, moved to Florida State University in 73, 75, did student teaching. I taught for about 12 years, uh, went on to get a master's degree. Uh, but first of all, I also, of course, went to school before uh the ADA, it was about the time of the signing of the Rehab Act, which is still yes. in 78, 79, 80, when I had begun to teach and asked about uh, a reader assistant or somebody to put things in the grade book for me that would have been a little bit nicer and neater, etc. They didn't have any idea what I was talking about. So there, it, uh-huh. nothing had translated and, and trickled down. Um, right. Teaching was a nightmare. Teaching was not what I expected it to be, uh, sad to say. Uh, Lots of different experiences, good and bad, uh, for different reasons. Finally, after 12 years, I said, you know, this is not 
why, and then in between, starting in 78, uh, no, excuse me, 75 in the summer, <clears throat> summers, excuse me, until 1980, I went uh, north to Middlebury College. Uh, it's well known not only as a liberal arts college, but it has a major uh, foreign language program in the summers and uh, junior year abroad. But I did a master's there thinking that would be the golden key. No, it wasn't. Right. But I then translated my language skills to work for Uncle Sam for almost 22 years. Uh, that's not a panacea either. Um, everybody thinks, oh, yeah, you're working for the government and there's EEO and there's, you know, ADA. No, not not if you get the wrong supervisor or supervisors. Yeah, it's it, it's it's a mess. Uh, I've never seen such people in my life. Um, and I, I, I still think about these crazy people today. I have one. I'm I'm tending to think she uh has a schizophrenia, some kind, not schizophrenia, um, bipolar. One one day or one hour, she, the switch would be on and she was great and functional. And the next hour, she was off the wall screaming at you and, you know, total wacko. And, yep. But as far as um, education, I thought for when I grew up, not only in high school, even though there was no AD, ADA, there was no uh, EEO, there was no um, anything. I thought even elementary, junior high, I didn't have, but then I'm visually impaired. I'm lucky. Um, yep. I didn't have the problems that I'm hearing. It, you know, you had to figure out the this. Totally then when I got into college, uh, the real to real recordings for the blind that was new, but half the time the uh, books would not come in on time or whatever, or they right. were delayed. And that was a, that was a, not a nightmare, but I said, okay, well the heck with this, either you spend the time in the library or you sit down and uh, which is where I got my tenacity from. Um, I dig my heels in too bad. Um, Miss Mary, we're, I'm going to cut you off because we're running out of time. To make matters worse, so I'm just going to leave you with a couple of seconds of, of your question about today versus yesterday. And yep. I'm actually going through that now. Yes, I went back to school, got a paralegal degree in the middle of all this technology crazy. It's good and it's bad from different perspectives. Microsoft mm -hmm. is ch constantly changing stuff and deleting stuff and adding stuff. And you're, you're, you're basically juggling constantly. So if you can't juggle well, so to speak, it's a mess. But it's it interesting. Does make it it's harder. an interesting mess. Yep. But it's, it's an a, interesting it's mess. It's a different it's experience. Different. Thank yeah. you, Miss Mary. You're welcome. Have a great night. I enjoyed it. Yep. Yep. I don't think we're going to have time um, to take any more calls. So I'm sorry for the last couple of folks who ended up. Um, who ended up um, not getting an opportunity to talk. So um, I apologize for that. Please turn up next week if you can. Uh, I wanted to spend just a minute and talk about what we're going to do next week so that you can perhaps be encouraged to come. What's it like when blind people decide they want to do something that other people do? Um but it may not be easy for them to do it as blind people on their own. 
we're going to talk about such an activity next week because I thought that it might be fun to do a first program, and we may do another one down the road a little bit, but not right away, but a first program on the subject of cruising. What's it like for a blind person to cruise? Is it a good experience? Is it a bad experience? What can we expect? How can, how can we optimize our experience going on a cruise? And I hope that lots of you who've cruised will call in and tell us about some of the tips that you use in order to make cruising more accessible to you as people who are blind or have low vision. In the meantime, thank you so much for talking about your post-secondary experiences. They've been very varied and very different. And I'm excited by the fact that most people seem to have enjoyed it. Good night, everyone.